the magnificent Midwest, this is the Suzanne Benker Show, where men and women are equal in value but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives regarding men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. This program is brought to you in part by Let's Get Real, where forensic accountant Tiffany Couch uses her financial skills to shine the light on the real issues we all face every day. If you would like to make decisions based on facts rather than on rhetoric and cultural pressure, go to letsgetreallife.com, a place where you can find tools to improve your communication skills and to increase your connection to humanity. That's letsgetreallife.com. Okay, one quick announcement before we get to today's show. If you have not become a Patreon subscriber, now is the time to do so. There are three very economical levels to choose from, all of which include free gifts. Plus, I'm now offering a free signed copy of the Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage for those who sign up at the $20 level and who live in the U.S. That's very important. You must live in the U.S. Finally, if you have a business you want to promote, there's even an option for that. And now on with the show. Okay, so we are going to talk about a very topical and sensitive topic today that I'm entitling, What Happens When Wives Earn More? And this is a subject that gets a fair amount of play in the media, at least with respect to these studies that keep coming out year after year showing the same thing, which is what I'm going to read to you first before we get into the analysis. Okay, this, let's see, we're going to start with last month from the University of London, in November 2020, the headline reads, Husbands are unhappy when wives earn more, and a pay raise gives husbands a psychological, quote, psychological kick. And what was interesting in this particular study is that it specifically found that that is not the case with women, so that if women's pay increases over their husbands, they do not get that same psychological kick. Okay, we'll come back to why that is. I'm just going to go through these headlines first. And then one exact, exactly one year before that, in 2019, November, a study of U.S. data showed that husbands' stress increases if wives earn more than 40% of the household income. And though it didn't specify this, we can conclude that that would not be the case for women. Their stress would not increase if their husbands earned more than 40% of the household income. That's kind of common sense. But again, we'll come back to that. Okay, and then in 2015, NPR did a segment on what happens when wives earn more than their husbands and started off by with the statistic that 38% of wives today earn more than their husbands. And they were responding to a study from the University of Chicago that had just been published that looked at 4,000 married couples and found that once a woman started to earn more than her husband, divorce rates increased. And surprisingly, it says this data showed that whether the wife earns a little more or a lot more doesn't actually make much of a difference. The researchers concluded that from that what really matters is the mere fact of a woman earning more. So you can imagine NPR's uh, segment on that. They had quite a field day with that and couldn't quite make sense of that. Um, and then 2013, National Bureau of Economic Research concluded that if a wife earns more than her husband, the couple are 15% less likely to have a very happy marriage, 32% more likely to report marital troubles, and 46% more likely to report separating. 46% more likely to report separating. Those are some huge numbers. And so the there is nothing to question about this. We know what the data show. It shows the same thing year after year in some, you know, 
slightly different form, but it's, it's basically the same message, which is that it doesn't work, you know? And so we know this, you and I probably know this and we probably know why, but when you go to look at the media, um, explain or give their analysis of these stats, all the writers and pundits will concede the problem, but they all will argue the same reason. And I'll spare you from having to go through it all and just trust that I go through it all. And it's always the same. And that is that the reference to people's outdated attitudes. It's all about the way society views men and women's roles and the way we raise our children, our boys and girls. And specifically it's about men's egos and how they are threatened. So for example, in market watch, this is from actually this is from last year, 2019. Um, this one thing in your marriage increases the risk of divorce by 33%. That's the headline. And of course they're referring to women earning more than their husbands and the way they describe and it, they go through a whole analysis of why this is so. And it opens with when, I, when wives earn more than their husbands, some men just can't handle it. That's the opening line. So you will see or read some variation of this same attitude about these studies that men just can't handle it. They have to get up with the times and recognize that this is no big deal and all should be right with the world. And there's no discussion of how women respond to this, by the way. And we're going to talk about that and whether or not women actually like it, <laughs> right? None. It's just all pointed toward the men. Okay. So we are going to talk about the real reason why it doesn't work. And I will even give some examples of some of my coaching clients because I see this very often and I can vouch for what's actually happening behind the scenes. Okay, so let's get off the idea of the media's version of men's egos and society causing this to happen. And let's talk about the reality of this, which is da -da 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 -da, biology, right? So we're going to start with number one, the real reason it doesn't work. It ignores biological reality. That's it. It ignores it. It is men, not women, who are made and who want to be providers and protectors of their family. They are emboldened in this role. Okay. When they um, marry and have children, they feel their biggest contribution is their paycheck. It is their identity. It is, it, it, it's, it's, proof of their worth and their value in that role as, as a family man, right? If the woman usurps that, it's not a matter of his ego being threatened per se, but more that there is no role for him to play in the relationship that makes him feel most proud. So one of the, one of the examples that I've always given in my books and in my writings is that is to think about it this way. When a woman gives birth, right? Or let's say take a married couple and the woman has up until that point, you know, um, obviously we needed the man's sperm to make the baby, but then she spends the next nine months dealing with the fallout of that, right? <laughs> All the physical stuff and the beautiful stuff, right? The whole kit and caboodle and men are largely spectators, right? Then on top of that, they go through childbirth, even though the man's there again, she's going through it physically. And then they proceed to presumably breastfeed because their bodies are meant for actually nourishing the baby. And on top of that, they are best at nurturing in those early months and even years. So I want you to think about a man and what it's like for him to watch all of this sort of on the sidelines. 
Yes, men are much more involved in the whole process today than our own fathers were. That's great. But the reality is they're not actually doing it. They're still on the outside. And I don't think people stop to think about what it's really like to be the man, to be the father. So when that baby arrives, what's the automatic instinct from each of those parents? You know, the man and the woman, the mother and the father are going to have a different instinctual response. Hers is to immediately cuddle it, hold it, feed it, care for it emotionally, right? That's why thoughts of doing anything other than just taking care of that baby sort of fall away. Because he can't do those things in the same way, which is not to suggest he can't be involved, but because he can't do those things, his initial response when seeing that baby is to provide for it so that she can bond with the baby. That's hormonal. That's natural. That's biology. So that paycheck for him is more than just an ego boost. It's not just look what I can do. It's look what I can provide. It's all about that providing instinct. And the instinct to provide in that way is not the same in a woman. It's just not. Their their whole thought process as a mom is very, very different. It's not running out to make money to provide for her husband and baby. It's just not that way. But we treat it as though there is no difference there, that because of the whole equality thing, we're supposed to be the same. Everything's the same. There's no distinction between a mother and a father and how they react to this new life. Okay, so men become emboldened by their pay rate, or that's going back to the pay raise from this study from last month. The more they make, the more they are able to provide for their family. When it's reversed, and wives and mothers, and again, we're talking about wives and mothers, not single moms, which is a completely different category. And I'm not even going to go into it. It's such a different category. So just put them aside. Wives and mothers do not become emboldened by becoming breadwinners. By becoming breadwinners. They, if anything, over time become resentful at quote unquote having to be, they think they're having to be the breadwinner on top of caring for their children. So it's, it's like, we're trying to, we're trying to pretend that men and women are the same when it comes to providing, but then once the, and this is clear, once the babies kick in, because it can almost be kind of a non-issue prior to babies, but once the children arrive, it's no longer that way for women. So the more they are working full-time and year-round, the more resentful they are getting. They don't want to do that. And they feel, many of them feel that they have to, oftentimes because of decisions they've made up until that point. But if they have married a man who makes less than they do and who's not on a trajectory to supersede her salary, then over time she's becoming not empowered by that um, breadwinning, but resentful. And I see it every day in my coaching. So I know this, I see it up close. I know what happens. The man starts to pull back because if she keeps rising, what it does is it effectively deflates him. He's sort of thinking, well, she wants to do, she wants to do both things. She wants to care for the babies and children, and she wants to also be the provider. So that puts him in a bit of a pickle because men are prone to want their wives to be happy. And if they think that's what makes them happy, they might go along with it for a time, but they're not really recognizing that it's, it's deflating their ability to provide. And so they, they will pull back and just work not as hard because she's taking care of it. 
And this is the dynamic that I'm getting in my coaching practice. Okay. Over and over. It's like on repeat over and over and over. So all of this is to say that it ignores biological reality. Looking at these, these stats, this research that shows why it's, excuse me, it doesn't show why it's not working. It's showing that it's not working. And then when you go to read writer's description as to why, there's no acknowledgement of the reality of biology that's playing the role in causing this issue. Okay, so that's number one, ignoring biological reality. Number two, it sets up a competitive relationship between the husband and wife. Since the woman's response to earning more is so different from a man's response to earning more. When you look at the traditional relationship of the man's, the breadwinner, the woman's, primarily the caretaker, caregiver. Now, I want to, I got to do a little caveat here and say, I'm not talking about or advocating for strict traditional gender roles where men do nothing but earn money and women do nothing but take care of their children. I have never argued for that. There is such a huge, vast middle ground between that and this full-on role reversal where women are working full-time and year-round despite having babies. There's just this massive middle ground, which, by the way, is where most married couples live. (laughs) They reside in that middle space. The vast, it, there's only about, just for the stats, there's only a quarter of American wives and mothers who currently are not employed in any capacity. So think of back in our mother's or grandmother's day when women didn't work outside the home at all. There's only currently roughly 25% of wives and mother in that boat. So that is a shrinking group, no question. But that's also, but there's only about 35 to 40% of women who are mothers, excuse me, wives and mothers who are fully in the workforce. So you have this vast middle ground there to mix uh, of part-time. You have this vast middle ground of wives and mothers who work either part-time or they move in and out of the workforce as the needs of their children change. So maybe they're not in the workforce at all one year, then they are, they're in part-time, but they're never in full-time and they're never, they're usually not completely out of it for years on end. So if you combine that group with the 25% who are not employed, you actually get most women who are living in that other space. So this is, important, this is important to point out because a woman's response, because that's a more natural way, to, it's moving with the biological tide, let's put it that way. It's more natural to do things in that way where the general structure of man as main earner and woman as less of an earner and primary at home caregiving, that the more you move with that, the less conflict and the less strife you're going to find in any marriage. Typically, typically. So what happens is when that's messed with too much, when it's reversed, is that women, you'll see that women's response is very different from a man's. I've already pointed out that they become more resentful, not emboldened by earning more the way that men do. But they also have a different reaction to the to the actual money that comes in the door. Okay, so when a when the average father, husband and father, is a, is the primary earner, let's say he's not viewing that money as a means of power and control. Now you'll hear otherwise from feminists or from folks in the media who like to think that if if you know, and in any traditional setup, men are um, you know taking charge and um, women have no say in the in the finances and everything which is complete garbage because actually women are the drivers of 
almost all purchases and very much are in control of what's going on financially at home, even if they're not earning. But putting that aside, their response, women's response to earning more than men is not because they don't have that providing instinct and wanting to care for their own, for their husband and children financially, they view that money differently. You've probably heard that phrase that I hate. Um, what's mine is mine. What's yours is mine. But what's, what, how, what's that? How's that go? What's yours is mine, but what's mine is mine. Uh, something like that. And that's supposed to be this joke, but it's not funny. Um, where women pointing out the fact that women excuse me, wives who earn money despite having children, or even if they don't have children, tend to view that money as theirs. And they don't want to be, um, they don't want have to have that accounted for with respect to, you know, what, what he, what he thinks about what she should do with that money. So she tends to view his, her earnings pretty much as hers. And that is not how the average husband and father views his earnings at all. Again, going back to that providing instinct. So what ends up happening is that you have a competitive relationship rather than a complementary one. So that's one of the biggest problems. And we're going to do a whole, I, I'll do this later at some point. We got to do a whole um, segment on money and marriage because that's a huge topic. But that's a big disconnect when a wife earns more or when a wife really earns money, period. But especially if, if she earns more. And I'll give you an example. Um, I'm going to read from one of these articles that I just um read from earlier. Uh, this is a man named Dave Peters. He said, my wife has always earned more money than me. And for a while it killed our sex life dead. I'm a trial lawyer now, but from 2006 to 2016, I didn't make a dime. I went back to school to get my master's and PhD to try to break into academia. But Peters, let's see, he said his relationship ran into difficulty because of how his wife handled their disparity in income. His wife made $180,000 a year and he said she was the one who always had the final word when it came to vacations, where they ate dinner and other household bills. The kids would ask her for money. And when she said no, they'd respond, fine, I'll ask dad, he added. And she would snort, yeah, sure. He got a higher paying job and happily things improved. So that might be a little extreme example. But the idea is that, again, it's because it's so unnatural to have the wife earn more than the husband, her reaction to that fact is very different from if it were reversed and he were earning more. He would not respond in the same way that she does, typically. And again, going that's going back to being the provider. She's not wanting to be the provider financially. What, what, regardless of why she's in there, she might be working for her own reasons because she thought she was supposed to, because she has to, whatever they are, but it's not to provide for her husband. It just isn't. So her obviously her reaction is going to be different. When you got married, things were perfect. You were both in love and life was good. Then somewhere along the line, everything changed. She changed, or maybe he did. Either which way, now your relationship feels, well, hard. I coach husbands and wives who feel lonely, disrespected, or misunderstood in their relationship. So many women today are desperate for their husbands to step up to the plate, to make a decision and to stick to it, to lead rather than to follow. Ladies, you have the power to make it happen. 
men respond best to women who are grounded in their feminine core. As for husbands, so many of them want their wives to stop nagging and to just trust them, to smile more and to complain less, to look at them the way they did when they were first dating. Men, you have the power to make it happen. Women respond best to men who are grounded in their masculine core. The secret to lasting love rests in the masculine-feminine dance. Once you master it, your relationship will no longer be difficult. You'll be moving with the biological tide rather than against it. And that makes marriage smooth sailing. If you're struggling in your relationship, if you feel frustrated or alone, I can help. Just go to SuzanneBanker.com, that's S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-V-E-N-K-E-R.com, and click on the coaching button at the top. Don't wait another minute to acquire the mindset you need to find love and to sustain it. It's so much easier than you think. That's SuzanneVenker.com. And I find that most women are actually not consciously choosing this role, but are falling into it. Actually, I should say I find that's actually what the research shows as well, that most women are not consciously choosing this role, believe it or not, but falling into it. And that could be for a number of different reasons. Um, Could be that for years, she was totally focused on working and her career and just didn't give any thought to, you know, stepping out down the road. So she got really into, um, you know, that role. And then it wasn't until she had children that she found that she felt differently about that role, but then felt stuck. Right. And so if she hadn't married somebody who was on, like I said before, on a path to make more, or at least a path to, being able to take care of the family for X amount of years while she steps out, that's when the resentment begins. And so she falls into this role and she doesn't want to be there. That's why, by the way, that's why hypergamy is still a thing. That's another thing you'll hear in the media that this is supposed to be some horrible thing, hypergamy, but hypergamy is just a woman's um, biological evolutionary response to um, mating in that they tend to look for a man who is of equal or higher status in terms of, um, you know, what they do for a living or how much they make, not looking for necessarily a high earner per se, but just someone who's higher than they are so that they can, when the time comes, step out of the workforce. That, I mean, they're prone to that. And it isn't even necessarily just um, a matter of working or not, but just the desire to have a man who's higher than you in that you know, whether it's educationally or the ability to earn more or whatever, it's, it's, it's actually in her biology to desire that. We would never discuss that in the media today, as you know. So that's why when these studies come out, none of this other ever gets addressed because it's so taboo to recognize the fact that a woman is going to want a man who can take care of her. That's supposed to be not something she looks for. But of course, you cannot um, fight against human nature or biology without running into major problems, which again is what the stats are showing. So we might as well talk about the reason why it really is happening. Okay. So, so this is, this is essentially the main thing that I deal with, not the main thing, but it's a big component of my coaching clients. I'd say I have all but two thus far who that involve dual income marriages um, and, and problems that, uh, occur as a result of um, primarily money and and the disconnect in terms of you know basically whatever's not the less traditional it is the more problems I see I guess that's the best way of putting it and keep in mind once again there's a huge middle ground it's not an it's not an extreme one way or the other it's just a general framework to work within 
that has, um, you know, some flexibility within it. And I've written this since the, my very first book 20 years ago. At the end of that book, I said, we're talking about a traditional family structure that honors the reality of biology and that this is what men are best equipped to do and how they are emboldened. And this is how, this is what women are best equipped to do and what emboldens them. It does not mean that men, fathers can't change diapers or take care of babies while mom goes and do, does things um, or that women can't ever be in the workforce. It doesn't have to be that way. There is a lot of middle ground, but to just work within the general framework. So the way I always describe it is move with the biological tide rather than against it. The more you move with it, the easier marriage is going to be. The more you move against it, the more problems you're going to have. It's really not any more complicated than that. And that's what this research shows over and over again. And the reason why so many women and men don't know what to do with it is because no one's telling them why it's really happening because the only answer they get is that men are, um, you know, Neanderthals or whatever, and they need to come into the, to the times and just accept this, but there's no acknowledgement of what actually happens when you have this major role reversal. So quick example. Um, I gave you an example already that I read where the man was talking about how the sex dwindled. Okay. Or actually he said it was dead. Because if a if when a husband earns more than his wife, and when she knows she can depend on him, that natural sexual energy is, well, that's just it. It's natural. The sexual feelings toward him is very natural. It, it requires, a, that, that's good sex life, requires a woman to be able to depend on him in that way. Not just that way, but it partially in that way. When it when she can't, and when she's the one who he's having to depend on financially because she earns more, the respect for him dwindles, and his desire to even be sexual dwindles. I mean, it's just it it just doesn't work, and that's why the sex and the respect um, fall away. And it that's a perfect example of what I mean by if you move with the biological tide, where you know you can count on them, then you're gonna have better sex. And if you mess with that, you're going to wonder why the relationship isn't working or why things aren't good in the, in the sex department. And it's almost always related to that. It really is because a relationship without respect is, is, uh, I mean, it just doesn't work. I mean, respect is really the underpinning of the whole thing. And um, in order for a woman to be able to respect her man, she needs to be able to depend on him. And of course, this is the complete opposite message that she's been given her whole life, which is to never depend on a man. So that's why everyone's so confused. I, I don't feel this way, but I don't know why it's not working. And this is in part why it's not working. And now for the email of the day. This is from Joel, who I can't pronounce his last name. I think it's from Germany. Hi, Suzanne. First and foremost, I would like to thank you for the work you're doing. It's really refreshing to hear a new perspective and not be fed the general mainstream advice and opinions. Do you think young, do young career women change their priorities once they become mothers or should both partners have the same priorities before getting married? And then he goes on to explain that a little bit more. I think what he's asking is, 
is it okay to just assume that women will change their priorities after getting married or should both partners discuss this in advance and make sure they have the same priorities? And of course, my answer is going to be yes, they better discuss it prior to getting married because you don't know what the person's response is going to be. Chances are it will be different for sure, but you don't know and you don't want to bank on that. So unquestionably, you want to have the conversation about work and family matters and how you're going to balance that prior to getting married. I don't know why this is so, well, I do know why, because no one's taught to um, think beyond today. That's one problem. They don't think long-term and they also assume that women are always going to be in the workforce. There's just no acknowledgement whatsoever of the fact that once you do get married and have kids, your priorities change and you don't know that they're going to necessarily until they do. So I, which I think is his question is, should you determine that ahead of time? And of course, the answer is yes. In fact, I, I use that example a lot with my own marriage that my husband and I, I mean, that's one of the first things that we actually covered when we were dating, which s- sort of sped up the process of it. Um, you know, people are too, people are too um, reticent to discuss what it is they they want out of life and in a partner. And I don't understand that. I mean, the whole purpose of dating is to see if you're a match and it's perfectly fine to talk about what you're looking for or what you want in a partner throughout the course of the dating. I mean, obviously not in the first or second date, but eventually that's, I mean, what else are you doing when you're dating? If you're not laying all that out, that just seems like it would almost be a natural conversation. So um, I don't think enough people do have that conversation and they find out after the fact uh, that, you know, that they feel differently than they thought, than they thought they would prior to having children. And then they're kind of in a pickle because they didn't plan in advance for that. Um, You know, all of this stuff, whether it's this email or, the topic of today is just all about having messed up the whole conversation around men's and women's roles. You know, the idea was supposed to be that we were supposed to get out of the strict roles, which I'm perfectly fine with. And by the way, if you don't want to move out of those, I'm fine with that too. It's whatever works for you is great, but I'm perfectly fine with being malleable about those roles and always have been. The issue is basically having overcorrected, just gone overboard in the other direction and thinking that there's no, there should be no problem with that. And that the only reason there's a problem with that is because society won't um, encourage it or foster it. And that requires a complete um, dismissal of biology to think that way. So that's why relationships one of the biggest reasons why relationships and marriages are in such a pickle today and why they're struggling so much because they cannot figure this out, this, this male and female role and who's supposed to belong where. And it's, it's just not that complicated. I mean, it's just, it's just not, you just have to work within the general framework and understand that men are pretty much designed to do this, that women are pretty much designed to do that. And yes, there's overlap and no, not everybody's the same. And, um, yeah, you just you just figure it out within that framework, but not but not dismissing it to the point where you've again set up this competitive relationship where you end up playing tit for tat because you're supposed to be doing everything the same. I mean that's that's basically just a bit. And then if you really reverse it too much and the woman is earning more than the man, that's when the real problems arise. And it's it's a real thing that people not just struggle when that's the case but that um, that they are more likely to divorce. And so knowing all of this ahead of time is extremely helpful in making better choices in a partner 
and being just aware of the role that biology plays rather than this continual drumbeat of society being behind the times. And all we have to do is, you know, especially for men, get men to think differently and act differently. And by the way, it's not just about men because women are just as uncomfortable as men are. That's, that's the piece that never gets addressed. Women are just as uncomfortable as men are when they make more. They just don't want to admit it. But it's evident. It's evident in their relationship and how the relationship is functioning or isn't functioning as a result of it. And that ends this hour of The Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to continue the conversation on Facebook. Just type in The Suzanne Venker Show in the Facebook search bar and it will come right up. Also, please recommend this podcast to one friend you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to leave us a review on whatever platform you're now using. Finally, if you have a question or a comment for me, you can email me at Suzanne at the Suzanne Venker Show dot com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.